on today's show. The Houston Rockets hold on for the win against the New York Knicks. Aaron Holiday with a huge spark off of the Rockets bench and the beneficiary of a pretty questionable foul call at the end of the game. We're also going to talk about the Rockets getting back to their defensive identity in this one, plus some of the commentary from Rockets general manager Rafael Stone after the NBA trade deadline. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Cook here he comes, Tar- no! 15 seconds, guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, Data Fustonian and a credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including... YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer and making the show part of your day every single day. Joining us now to break down the Houston Rockets 105-103 win, holding on for the win against the New York Knicks is none other than your weekly co-host, NBA draft enthusiast and diehard Rockets fan, Madison Moore. You can track down on Twitter at Madman Leaks. Madison, this was a helter-skelter, really kind of insane game, some insane closes to the second half going into halftime, and then an insane close to regulation in this one. The Rockets managing to hold on for the win. Let's get into that final sequence here that won, that essentially won the Rockets this game. Oh and, and I want to start right there with, with the, the foul call on Jalen Brunson with .3 seconds left, whatever it was. Aaron Holiday recovers the loose ball, throws up a heave, and then Jalen Brunson gets called for the foul. How are we feeling about that as the end to this game? Man, if you're a Rockets fan and you went through all the game winners by free throws last year, <laughs> we were due. We were due. <laughs> this is the universe paying us back. We were due. And he was he was touched. And if you remember that Eric Gordon sequence, oh, you can remember man, against all the, against those. the Kings, against, <laughs> yeah. against the Kings. Like, bro, we've been on the other end of this, and it's nice. It's nice to finally get one ourselves. But kudos, the game was more than just that last play at the end of the game. The Rockets played a, actually an excellent game. They got back to their defensive roots, and I really just enjoyed this game a lot. This was one of the more fun fun games I've watched this season. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna get we're gonna unpack some more from this game now. That that final possession. I'll, I'll look, I, I said it yeah. on social media already. I'm gonna echo the sentiment here on the show. I look, the Rockets were do they've been screwed by the refs a lot this is kind of their their karmic retribution they get one back from all the times that they've been screwed think about like the katie out of bounds call the james harden dunk gate like all the stuff we've been through with the refs over the years that said 
this call sucked. Like, like if I was, if this call had gone against the oh, Rockets, yeah. oh, I great. would be so pissed. I would be irate. I would be, I'd be burning things <laughs> down. Like, this is one of those, I just, I hate when the refs decide that they're going to be the ones yeah. to decide a game, right? When they make themselves the headlines. And that's why I try to stay consistent, right? I try to just call out what I think is bad refereeing, whether it is in favor <laughs> of the Rockets or against the Rockets. And here, like, I get it. If you're a Knicks fan, you got to be upset with how this game ended. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was contact. Yes, it was technically a foul, but to call that foul at that point in the game, mm-hmm. all things tied up at 103, Aaron Holiday gets sent to the free throw line with three chances to, to put the game away, hits the first two, intentionally misses the final mm-hmm. free throw as per Ime Udoka's instructions, and that basically seals the game for the Rockets. It's unfortunate that it ended that way because this was a really fun game outside of that kind of crappy like officiating decided ending a lot of back and forth and to your point the Rockets I really felt like got back to their defensive roots and defensive identity in this game after what was what looked like it was going to be the the Dante DiVincenzo show after the first few minutes of this game he hit his first three three pointers and then proceeded to go, hang on, if I'm doing the math here correctly, two of 11 the rest of the way from downtown. So he hit his first three threes and then went two of 11 the rest of the game. They also managed to hold Jalen Brunson just under his season season average because I believe he's averaging a little more than 27 a game right now. So he had 27 points in this game, but only on 10 of 25 shooting. So only 40% shooting from the floor for Brunson. Really liked the collective effort on him. A lot of uh, the defensive possessions by Dylan Brooks, as well as Amin Thompson. You know, I really felt like Amin's length absolutely bothered Jalen Brunson in this game. Yeah, I mean, it was clear game plan that that we were not going to let uh, Jalen Brunson go off on us tonight. Um, I thought Dylan Dylan uh, did a, a very good job establishing the physicality that the, the entire Rockets team played with. He was very physical with Brunson, and Brunson is a very physical player, but uh, 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 Dylan is much bigger, and and you know it's gonna it, and it's gonna initiate a lot of that physicality, and that physicality was just what we needed to get under Brunson's skin. I mean, I feel like Brunson hit the floor about thirty times tonight, man. It was just that level of physicality, and I like that we we smartly doubled on a lot of plays, like uh, off his blindside. Amon was the recipient of a lot of steals off blindside doubling and uh, using his length and quick hands to uh, knock the ball out. But I felt like everybody played well defensively tonight for, for the most part outside of rebounding. Um, I thought I thought the players were active. They were uh, playing towards the game plan. And Amon, I mean, Dylan, I want to give Dylan his flowers because especially in the first half, Dylan really did a number on Jalen Brunson, but the the team effort and the way um, Amon Thompson played at the top of the fourth and in that third defensively was absolutely special. I mean, that dude, he has you know, all NBA, all defensive team, you know, upside. He might be kind of close there now, you know what I mean, given these type of efforts defensively and, and also on the uh, boards, defensive and offensive rebounding. So I really want to just give Amon his flowers. He's not – he doesn't have as many uh, on-ball reps as we will hope, but he's still able to make a huge impact on the floor. He was a big part of that run in the top of the fourth with all those steals. It's crazy watching Amin Thompson find so many different ways to impact the game to where you're, you're watching how effective he is right now as a rookie. Again, only, only four shots, sorry, only five shot attempts. He was four or five from the floor. 
He had uh, eight points. He had five assists, five ste- five steals. Like, well, first off, Mitch Thompson is going to get a five by five at some point in his career. It's, it's, a, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Uh, but then a team high thirteen rebounds. Right, just finding ways to be effective, whether it's on the defensive glass, closing out possessions strong, closing out defensive possessions strong, or generating those extra opportunities for the Rockets yeah. on the offensive side uh, of things. Um, I just, even though we know Amin Thompson's probably going to need to develop a shot at some point in his career, I'm almost at a point where it's like, and I know this is early, it's still his rookie season, but just seeing all the ways that he's able to impact the game, all the good things that happen when he's on the floor, I feel like Amin Thompson might not, might be one of those rare NBA players that can still be a good high caliber player without an outside shot. Like yeah. as long as he develops like some kind of a, a reliable midi slash floater game to keep defenses semi honest. He's going to be just fine in his career. And to your point about the defensive effort in this game, I really loved how much more, how much, how aggressive we saw Alper and Shingun in this game. You know, and I don't know if that's just by design or what, but we saw Shingun actually like blitzing and trapping and doubling mm-hmm. on the perimeter yeah. at points in this game. And hey, Listen. What do you know? It actually looked pretty good when they did it. I don't know why they don't do it more we, often, man. We were doing it early in the season. Yeah. I don't know why we kind of get got away from it. I mean, and that's when the defense fell off. I mean, you know what I mean? So I, we definitely got to get back to that. I mean, we got to have a helping defense where everybody helps, but we got to blitz. And and that blitzing gets us out in the passing lanes. The all everybody is smart enough to now read what the defense is trying uh, trying to do, and it gets our young guys out and running. And they need to get out and running and into rhythm. Like just for example, Jalen Green did not have a great game tonight, but compared to some of his other off nights where he just could be an albatross at sometimes he got out in transition. He got to the line. He would, he was able to get some easy buckets that kind of uh, helped us in this game. And it, he also it was, got it a, was a good, it was a good off night. Bad for Jaylen. Like, yes, like that's the, what I'm saying. The good process looked yeah. good. Yes, absolutely. yes exactly. Yeah. Right. But, but, but that goes because of our defense, our defense turning into offense, able to make, our, uh, make not everything has to be so hard, especially with a very good defensive team in the, uh, in this New York Knicks team. So I just want to give the entire team kudos today because, because, uh, you know, spearheaded by Dylan and Amon, but everybody contributed in a make contributed in a major way. Coming up, we're going to shift gears to the offensive side of things from this game. Talk about the process there for the Rockets. What we'd like to see, maybe change a little bit, some things that need some improvement even though they were able to sneak out the win in this one, some process things that have to change going forward. We're going to get there in just one moment, as well as comments from Rafael Stone's post-NBA trade deadline press conference. We'll get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members at the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. You just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll and it's so simple to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of different players and stat types is what makes Prize Picks the number one DFS app on the market. And here's the really cool thing. It is now demon time on prize picks. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. So if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, give prize picks a chance. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Promo code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. 
And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I think, Madison, we have to give Locked on Rockets player to this one guy whose whose game really ignited the Rockets in this one. Specifically, the not only the first poster, not the first poster of his career, yet another poster from one Aaron Holiday dunking all over three different Knicks. In this one, that dunk at the top of the fourth quarter really felt like it kind of ignited the Rockets' ability to close this game out, gave them a lot of juice, a lot of a lot of fire there at the top of the fourth quarter. Loved what we saw from Aaron Holiday in this game. 18.7 of 14 shooting. He was, for all intents and purposes, basically all of the Rockets' bench production in this one. Right. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, no, Aaron had an excellent game. Second excellent game in a row, man. He had a really strong game uh, uh, the other night against the Atlanta Hawks um, once again, and he earned the right to close this game, and he closed it well with those free throws. But I just want to talk about our defense was so effective at the top of that fourth quarter, but we really have struggled, especially without Alperin Shingun and Jalen Green in, to, to score in the half court or just to generate really good looks. And Aaron Holiday really took over at the top of the fourth, and it was, it was really good to see someone else kind of run the offense and and be able to get a bucket and that you can rely on. I think he, it was it was it was the type of run that we needed. We kind of had been playing the the Knicks at the top of the first half. Uh the Knicks had gotten back into this game and we and it was a defensive slugfest the entire time, but we couldn't get any generation of a, a lot of buckets in a row and Aaron Holiday did that's for, at the top of the fourth and really that's what propelled us to win this game. So I got to give I got to give kudos to him for not just tonight but last night keeping us in the game until he uh, unfortunately he didn't get to close the other night against Atlanta. But this night he closed and he made the free throws and I I just want to give him his credit for that. Yeah, you know, Aaron Holiday is a guy that I think a lot of Rockets fans have like a mixed perception of him where it's like some Rockets fans going into the deadline, they were like, we got to get rid of Holiday. We can't keep giving him these minutes. And, you know, he he had maybe hit a little bit of a rough stretch where he was playing, you know, below or maybe let me put it this way. I think he was playing above, like like beyond his level, like earlier yeah. this season, and then he kind of regressed back to the mean a little bit. Got to keep in mind, Aaron Holiday is like a journeyman kind of NBA Roll player, play. third string point guard kind of guy. He's basically a three and D undersized two guard is what he is for mm -hmm. his career. So to get that kind of production from him, that's huge. That's that's Aaron Holiday playing well beyond what he should be able to do on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. So him stepping up to the plate, kind of next man up mentality, being able to help fill that void with Fred Van Vliet out of the lineup until. Uh, the return from All-Star break, is le at least that's the update that we got from the Rockets before this game against the Knicks. So shout out to Aaron Holiday. Would not have been able to win this game without him. And like Ime Odoka is often is 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 uh, prone to do, right? Riding the hot hand, giving, mm -hmm. giving the guys who deserve the chance to close, who kind of kept the Rockets in this game. He kept Aaron Holiday out there. He had a very strong game. Offensively from this one, Madison, it was an ugly game. It was. This was this was not one of the better offensive performances of the season for the Rockets. Thankfully, they were able to generate, you know, some second chance opportunities. They had 12 offensive rebounds in this game, even though they got absolutely crushed on the boards overall. Uh, a 51 to 39 rebound advantage for the Knicks, including the Knicks having 19 of their own offensive rebounds that offensive rebounding did help the Rockets kind of stay in this game a mm -hmm. little bit they also did a pretty good job taking care of the basketball only three turnovers in the first half now then they did have six turnovers there in that third quarter where the Knicks went uh, up 28-17 uh, that 28-17 third quarter in favor of the Knicks I should say um, I 
really hate when we see these games where, and again, this is one of those side effects of not having Fred Van Vliet out there. Mm-hmm. Alper and Shingoon felt like an afterthought for so much of this game. And it's because nobody on this team knows how to make an entry pass to him. <laughs> nobody on this team can hit him on the short roll uh, other than Fred Van Vliet. Apparently we've and seen Jalen do it sometimes, yeah, Jaylen but, but, but not, he's not getting to him enough. And mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. The number of possessions that we see where this team almost forgets that, that he's their best player. And thankfully down the line, we did see Ime Odoka go to a steady diet mm-hmm. of Alper and Shingoon post-ups. In fact, that, the last offensive possession of the game when it was tied up 103 all was supposed to be an inbound pass to Alper and Shingun. The Knicks double teamed it, and then they wound up sending the pass cross court to Jalen Green, who drove and unfortunately was blocked right there at the rim. And that's when the loose ball made its way all the way out to Aaron Holiday. He had the heave, and that's all she wrote. Uh, gets fouled, knocks the free throws down, and that's the end of the game. But they've got to figure out better ways, whether it's it, it, maybe it needs to be more creativity from the coaching staff in finding ways to get Alper and Chingu in the basketball. But you cannot let your best player be that easily schemed out of a game. It just it's, mm-hmm. it's unacceptable. It can't happen. Yes. So for me, I think it to me tonight, Alper and Chingu touched the ball a lot because he's the he's the guy in the middle where either you're Jalen or your uh, Dylan Brooks or your Aaron Holiday, you're giving it to the uh, to Operation Goon, and everybody rolls off those screens at the top of the key. The, right? the, the little three man weave action. Yeah, the that they the, have, the yeah. little three man weave, but the, but the 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 core of that is LP. He can either he can either take it himself, which we know he's he's able to do, and he did a lot down the stretch, or he can hand off to the weave and, and roll right. And with his gravity, you have a choice now. The Knicks did a very good job of overloading in the paint tonight. And because we're such a poor uh, three-point shooting team, we did not make them pay. And that is why Al P is not getting the looks he needs to get. Because the, the paint is just packed, packed to the rim. There was several times where Al P had the ball down low and there was four guys on him and he had to kick it out to a shooter, right? It, 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 he's not be able to get the attempts up because teams are triple and quadruple teaming him down there. They're overloading on on those uh, uh, on the paint because they know he's our best player. And this is what happens when you're number one on the scouting report. So Al P has, is learning now the things that he needs to improve on so that so that he can still continue to contribute at that rate when they take away your strength and by packing the paint. And so that's why he needs to add the jump shot so he can bring some of these guys out the paint. And these are the things I'm talking about because there's a there was a lot of possessions where out where we were we did try and get out beat the ball and he drew a triple team and he kicked out to a shooter and the only body, only person who could make a, a three-point shot tonight was Dylan Brooks, right? And so that that is I think the crooks of the offense right now. Teams have kind of figured us out offensively. Nobody Operation Goon is not uh, surprising people anymore. And so now it's time for us to, yes, get more creative from the coaching staff, but also our players have to be better. Jalen has to be able to 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 score on the pick and roll if they're if they're going to stay with Operation Goon. He has to be able to slash through, but they're just overloading the paint. Jalen didn't have the midi going uh, tonight. And so it was very much a struggle. So that's that's my that's what I see going on. Yeah, and you know I, I do think, and I commented on on this at one point during the game. I do think the next kind of evolution for Alpi is he needs to be a little bit quicker at recognizing when those double and triple teams are coming his yeah. way because he is number one on the scouting report. He's the guy that opposing teams are constantly scheming against. You're starting to see, you know, his 
uh, effectiveness be diminished a little bit, just in the sense of like, again, I think without having Fred out there to kind of slow things down and make sure that he gets the basketball either, you know, on the short roll or, or with space to operate. Yeah. It, It can be really difficult for him. And he's still, you know, he's still a bucket when you can get him the ball, right? We saw him, you know, go right at the Knicks late in this game. You know, some some really so- strong possessions uh, late in this one that led to Dylan Brooks' three-pointer, Alpie scoring right there at the rim on Precious Achua. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that Ime Odoka still recognized, hey, this is, this is you know, crunch time. Cool. We got to get our best guy the ball. It just, it seems like a failing throughout the first, like, three and throughout a half the quarters. Whole, the entire game. Yeah, I understand like, that. Like, yeah. t- 10 shot attempts for your best player. Just that doesn't seem like it should, it, it shouldn't happen. Um, yeah. Now, elsewhere in this game, we got to give credit to Dylan Brooks because he, <sighs> I'm so torn on this game, Madison, because <laughs> this was like, it feels like a little bit of like the Memphis Dylan Brooks experience where he's like taking over the offensive burden. The last two games. Dylan Jesus. Brooks is so much like the 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 epitome, epitome of like the no, 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 yes type player. Like <laughs> where you're watching the process go down and you're just like, oh, that's a badger. Oh, it went in. Okay, all right, we'll take it. So six of seven from three in this game. You'll you'll live with Dylan Brooks on fire from three-point land in this game. Uh, 23 points on the evening. He had five boards. He had an assist. He had the great defense on Jalen Brunson kind of throughout the evening but before we transition here into our final segment and you know tackle some of the commentary from Rafael Stone I'm curious I want your thoughts better play better pass in this game or just better overall play the Amin Thompson to Jalen Green lob in transition which was insane Amin Thompson gets the steal gets out in transition he locks eyes with Jalen and he knows like Jalen is ready for this lob they make eye contact and and Amin drives it towards the middle draws that second defender and then puts it up Jalen hammers it home or the Amin Thompson, like, no-look, eyes-in-the-back-of-his-head pass, <laughs> little shovel pass over his definitely head definitely. to Alper and Which one's the better play? Definitely the Alper and Shingun pass. Okay. I mean, he, it, was, it was off of the off, like an offensive rebound, yeah, too. Yeah. And it kind of it looked like he didn't know what he was doing, erratic, but it was just a crazy pass, and it led to the duck. Yeah, no, definitely that one. I mean, we could see, we could see the uh, – the the alley oopa developing, but nobody saw that pass coming from my man. And usually Shingun is the only guy who can make that those pass coming from Alper yeah. for, for because they're only two who makes those type of passes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to have them on the team. Speaking of, I want to give credit to. There was one play late in this game uh, where uh, the one where I can't remember when it had. It was late in the game. Dylan Brooks hit the wing or the kind of corner wing three pointer. He was wide open. Uh, it was off of a bit of a scattered play, and yeah, it was a tip or something, it, 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 or it swung. It like rever- it was like all, a reversal. All I, all I know is is Jalen had walked the ball up at first, and and Alpi had the seal down low, and then Jalen pitched it over to a man Thompson who had just entered the entered the the frame. And, and because nobody was out on Dylan Brooks, as soon as Amin touched the ball, Alpi pointed out to the perimeter to like as if to say, ah. get Dylan the ball. And it was just one of those moments where you're like, Alpi's so smart. like He just knows where everybody is on the court at all times. And so even though he had a deep seal on his man, he was like, no, 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 I'm not the right play here. That's the right play on the perimeter. And he pointed out to DB, and I think Amin swung the ball to him. He hits the wide open three. Or it was either Amin or Jalen swung the ball to him, and it was a wide open three. It was a big make for the Rockets. So. And just let me just add, at this because uh, uh, Alpi also had a ridiculous like touch pass to Tate 
that, that he missed the layup oh, on. That's right. That thing was crazy. That that one might have been better than Amish. That thing, because I was like, Jesus, it was so quick. But yeah, now the now LP is definitely seeing things that you know only he can see on the floor. And Amon's like a step like right behind him. So it's it's really good to see that. It, it, but but the, the team did move the ball well. If we could just keep dealing away from isolations, if we could just keep him away. If, if it's a catch and shoot, he's money, dog. We just gotta keep him away from the isolation. Yeah, 22 assists on 36 made shots for the Rockets. Uh, again, Dylan Brooks' ISOs are not are decidedly not. Look, he can ISO when he has a smaller defender on him, and you get him mm-hmm. on a post up. Those are the only Dylan Brooks ISOs we want to see. Aside from that, they all every Upstairs, other Dylan dude. Brooks isolation play needs to be 86th from the Rockets playbook expeditiously. But coming up, we're gonna get into some of the. Uh, post-NBA trade deadline commentary from Houston Rockets general manager Rafael Stone. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased when it comes to your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. And honestly, it's got to be NBA officiating drives me crazy. I just want consistent officiating. That's all I want. And especially even after this game, talking about the questionable call on Aaron Holiday. Look, it helped the Rockets. I'm here for it. They have been uh, on the bad side of some horrendous officiating in the past, but at the end of the day, I would love it if the NBA could just figure out their officiating issue. But in all seriousness, maybe there is something important that you want to talk to uh, somebody about that's going on in your life. And therapy can help you with that. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than just our favorite sports team or frustrations with the officiating crews. And it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. And final segment here at Lockdown Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Madison, we just passed the NBA trade deadline. I shared my thoughts. I did my reaction to the deadline. Go ahead and hit us with some of your thoughts about the fact that the Rockets didn't, aside from the Stephen Adams trade that they made, you know, before the NBA trade deadline, uh, they didn't make any other subsequent moves. So give me your thoughts right now about where this team is at. The fact that they didn't make any trade deadline moves aside from the, the Stephen Adams deal. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. I mean, it's clear that this team needed help up front and they needed a different skill set other than the ones that we have. Right now we have uh, Alperin Shingun is the only traditional big we have and he's undersized and defense is not his strength, especially in the pick and roll. Uh, Outside of Alperin Shingun, Jock Landell was supposed to be the other traditional big, but it's clear that he hasn't worked out. Now, okay, that's fine. Sometimes your signings don't work out. We struck gold with it, gold with Aaron Holiday. We struck gold with Jeff Green. You know, these guys are contributing more than what we thought, but we did not with Jock Landell. He's underperformed. So we need another player. I need a, another uh, guy with size. Rebounding has been an issue. Rim protection has been an issue. We needed that at the deadline and hopefully in the buyout market. And I was really disappointed to see us not just spend a second to go get a, a backup big. Like there were those guys were going for one and two seconds. I thought we could probably get one on the cheap. We could probably use Jay Sean Tate to go get, get a guy. Now I understand Rafael and, and, and many have reported about the, this Rockets um, 
plan to keep salaries so they can go after a big star. But I don't. I think you still should be able to add something to these this team that that can help them. Now they could have went and got Biombo on the on the uh, market. Now he's gone, and that offered toughness, defense, screening. You know, a, give just giving this team another body that they could throw out there to go out there and get boards when they're struggling to get boards. I was really disappointed in the Rockets not getting that. The shooter, fine. You know, we'll get healthy. Guys need to shoot better regardless. I was fine with not getting a shooter, but I really was disappointed that we did not go get a big for this team. And, and it's worth noting, and I, I, I should have included this in our trade deadline preview. My apologies for not doing so, but... The Rockets also had available to them their room level exception, which means they could have right. gone out there and signed a guy like Bismack Biombo and paid him more than any of the other teams that are out there that don't have access to the room level exception, right? That only have access to a vet minimum contract. So even if there's maybe a slightly more desirable location, a team that might be, you know, making a deeper postseason run or have legit title aspirations this year, fine. You're going to lose out on some guys in the buyout market to a team like that, like Biombo signing uh, with the OKC Thunder. Mm-hmm. But. You can also make a play for a guy who wants more money and you can be aggressive with that room level exception. So TBD on whether or not the Rockets actually pick up a name via the buyout market, they would still have to waive somebody on this roster to be able to make space to uh, to allow that to happen. I'm not going to hold my breath. I don't have a lot of confidence that they're going confidence that they are going to do that, but it is what it is. I, I myself, I was also disappointed with the trade deadline, but some of the thoughts from Houston Rockets general manager Rafael Stone, some updates on uh, the trade deadline that the Rockets did have and the stuff that they did do. Uh, Steven Adams uh, is apparently, the, the surgery went well for Steven Adams. He is ahead of schedule as far as his rehab is concerned. He did pass his physical with flying colors and they do anticipate him being ready for the start of next season. Now, Stone did also go on to say that he's really uh, excited about the addition of Steven Adams, basically saying that they have two starting-level centers on the roster now, and that kind of matches with how we felt about the deal when it first went through, right? Steven Adams, for what it cost, for what you got for him, he's a phenomenal backup big to have on the roster. Now, again, that's a long-term play. That's a play for next season. It doesn't help the Rockets much right now, but... If everything goes according to plan, having Steven Adams on next year's roster is going to be huge because that is the answer to the backup five spot, right? If you have 34 minutes a night of Alper and Shingoon, 34, 36, 38 minutes of Shingoon, and then the other whatever 15-ish or so minutes go to Steven Adams, that is a huge one-two punch at the five spot that's going to be a lot for other teams to deal with. Yeah, no, uh, I really like the Steven Adams pickup. I don't think he's as seamless a fit to play next to Shingun, but definitely off the bench, he's going to be the best backup center in the league, you know, and he'll he'll bring that toughness that we need. He'll bring a, more of the intangibles and leadership that we need. Um, I, I believe him, uh, Dylan, and Fred Van Vliet would just be uh, the ultimate uh, set of vets for this young team that needs to add toughness, that needs to add muscle, that needs to, you know, add accountability. I think that is the Rockets have really addressed that in a real way with uh with all of the vets that they got. And so yeah, I, I like Steven Adams uh, a lot. Would have would have liked more of a lob threat type guy that could catch lobs, but Steven Adams is is a very good pickup. Lob threat. I know who you're saying. <laughs> I was looking for it. Lob threat. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> I, pre- I, did. I can I see did. the lob threat on your face. Oh, man. I, I tried to go for my lob threat button, but the problem is on my little soundboard, I've got I've got like eight little buttons, and I was on the wrong page. And so, and the problem is the button that I clicked is actually my like my locked on NBA like intro like interlude music, the oh, same wow. way that I've got like the break music for LOR. Like I've got that for locked on NBA also. So, 
I like smashed it. I was like, that's not it. Oops. All right. Sorry for the technical difficulties there, everybody. But that was supposed to be a lob threat button. Lob threat. Um. Yeah, look, you know, it is what it is. Rockets didn't add a guy that can help this season. Uh, Rafael Stone did say that he and Ime Odoka looked at a lot of, you know, basically every possible deal that was out there together. And they both came to the conclusion that there just wasn't a deal out there that they liked, that they thought could help the team right now. We'll just, I guess we just take them at face value. We agree. You know, we saw some of the role players that were moved at the deadline. I'm not like disheartened or upset at any of the names that were moved. Daniel Gafford was the guy that we talked about um, here quite a bit as a potential backup, but it also cost a first round draft pick to get Daniel Mm -hmm. Gafford, right? Like, do you want to give up the rocket? The only first round draft pick the the Rockets have to work with is the 2024 Nets pick. I don't think Daniel Gafford is worth that. So I'm not going to lose any sleep over the lack of moves at the deadline. I'm just going to take them at face value. There wasn't enough out there for them to go all in on something. I like the Steven Adams play. It's a smart long-term move. It'll help them next season. Plus just the way this team is kind of playing as of late. Yeah. It's nice that they got this win against the Knicks. The play in tournament looks to be a, a, like a further out, like longer shot at this point anyways of making the play in tournament. It's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate reality to have to face. I don't necessarily feel like the Rockets are going to make the play in tournament ultimately unless they can really get healthy post all-star break, get Fred Van Vliet back, get Tari Eason back. Maybe they make a significant push with those two guys back in the fold. But uh, the season is still, I think uh, they, they've... They struggle. They, they, well, I want to say they've exceeded expectations still for this season. I think based on where we had our expectations set for the year, playing tournament would have been incredible. That would have been a huge resounding success if that had happened. I I, I predicted about 35 wins. I think they're still kind of on pace for 35 wins. They might still miss out on the playing tournament. It's okay. It is is what it is. The team is still ahead of schedule. Uh, yes, uh, I think uh, I don't know about a, a play-in would be ahead. So, I, but I think the, the jury's maybe, still out. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe on schedule. Then. We're okay. on schedule, and that's and and that's a really good thing. Like we're we're on schedule. Guys are getting better. Guys are we're seeing what guys' weaknesses are. We're understanding our team more. Guys know what they need to work on in the off season. I think we're right on schedule. So and, I, I think that's a good thing. And look, the back half of the season. I, first off, I hate that we always say the back half of the season after All Star break when it's really like the back <laughs> one third. But whatever. Yeah back half of the season post all-star break it's going to be a lot of fun just watching the the rockets young core six have another half season to grow and gel and develop together maybe we even see like a reduction in usage from guys like fred van vliet and dylan brooks as Ime odoka gives more runtime, more more playing time to some of the younger guys to just see which versions of those six guys can work really well playing off of one another, that kind of thing. Maybe at some point we'll see a a full-blown five-man lineup with just five of the Rockets' core six, which would be a ton of fun to watch in live action. But the final quote here that we're going to unpack from Rafael Stone is the one that's been doing numbers on social media. It's the one that has Rockets fans in a bit of a tizzy, if you will. So we had to address it here on the show. Uh, Rafael Stone discussing Jalen Green and his growth to this point. He said, Jalen has been and continues to be on paper a great fit with us. He has a skill set that isn't really replicated on our roster. Now, the reason this quote is doing numbers is because Rafael Stone's word choice, maybe not the best, given how this season has gone for Jalen Green. To say on paper 
is pretty rough. That's that's not a great. I, I don't know. It's pretty accurate. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. I think that I mean that that it's accurate. It, 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 yeah, but it's like it's like it's like saying the quiet part out loud, man. You don't have to say the on paper part. So I don't know if that was just like a, a verbal gaffe by Rafael Stone, who's usually right he, in in all his pressers and availabilities. He's very like lawyerly in how he talks. Right, mm -hmm. he's he's he tries to say a lot without really saying anything. And this was one where you're like, ooh, like on paper, you didn't have to say that about your young guy, man. I don't know, man. Maybe I maybe I just don't hear the like. To me, stuff like that don't phase me. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe it's, maybe I'm different or something. But like stuff like that don't phase me. I think he was trying to say the quiet part out loud, and he did. And and Jalen Green knows that he hasn't lived up to part this season, and he's still working on it. Now he's played better as of late, and that's really good. That's the step we want to see. And Rafael talked about that, but. We know the theory of Jalen Green is not going to win us games, right? He actually has to get better and become the guy he's supposed to be on paper. And I think Rafael, I think more importantly, Rafael says something very important to me. And it's the it's how I've kind of felt about Jalen through his struggles. It's like, but Jalen still offers something that nobody else on the team really offers. And that's that ability to, to be an off-ball, on-ball, primary primary ball handler who can also make plays. That's not Fred Van Vliet or Alperin Shingle, right? A guard that offers a different dynamic to this offense that nobody really uh, can do right now. I mean, Cam is such an electric scorer, but he 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 doesn't make plays to, to help other guys get better at the same rate as Jalen. And that's what he's going to have to do if he wants to, you know, surpass him. So uh, I, I thought, I thought what he said was honestly just real, like, like that's just the real deal. And I think you don't say stuff like that unless you've had those conversations behind doors with Jalen, right? I think everybody knows we're on the same page. And I just, I think he was saying, Hey, he's not there yet, but we, we understand that he can get there and we still respect his skill set. And that's a skill set that is very important to this team. But in order for it to be actual, you can't just be on paper. You got to deliver. So I didn't think it was that big a deal, but you know how Rockets Twitter going to be. Oh, of course, right? Of <laughs> yeah. course. Over We're overreacting to everything. But yeah. hey, look, first off, just the fact that the Rockets didn't make any major moves to shake things up at the deadline, the fact that they didn't trade Jalen Green or try to make something happen as far as a Jalen mm -hmm. Green trade is concerned, when I'm sure that they fielded some phone calls on it, it sounds like they themselves were doing their due diligence and reaching out to some teams and maybe seeing about what they could get for Jalen Green. The fact that they decided to keep the core six together, it just tells me that they understand that they're not trying to rush things here, that they've still got a lot of young talent, that they've got an exciting future. Um, and I think my camera just froze. That's really yeah, impressive. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> no, that's really cool. We're just going to leave. We're just going to keep going with me frozen here at the end. So it is what it is. They, they didn't move on from Jalen green. They didn't move on from any of the young guys. So they're giving them this, the remainder of this year to see what they have with this young core. But on that note, I want your thoughts on, Rafael Stone's comments, specifically also the Jalen Green one. How do you feel about the on-paper comment, as well as how do you feel about the Rockets uh, getting away with one here against the Knicks, the uh, questionable call at the end of regulation? Let us know your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But, Madison, you know the drill. Say it to my frozen face. Where can everybody track <laughs> you down at? Man, check me down on Twitter or formerly known, I mean, formerly known as Twitter X, uh, at Madman Leaks. Come talk Rockets basketball with me. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.